Ave Maria Radio and Renewal Ministries presents Fire on the Earth, a compelling look at the new evangelization through inspiring teachings, interviews, and testimonies. Welcome, friends. This is Peter Herbeck, your host. I'm here again today with my daughter, Rachel. We've been just reflecting, being inspired by the passages on Monday as we celebrated the solemnity of Our Lady and the Church gave to us Galatians chapter 4 and the reality that really that we're a new creation, that we're adopted children of God, and that the, the reality of the new life. And Mary really is the first to receive the fullness of what God intends for all of us. You know, and now she's glorified in heaven. She's made queen of heaven and earth, which is really amazing. But uh, we all share in that glory as well. We've been making our way the last couple of days through Romans 8. And we're going to continue that and wrap it up because it ties right into Galatians chapter 4 so beautifully. So welcome back, Rachel. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right, so verse, let's go to verse 5 here in Romans 8. It says, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit set their mind on things of the Spirit. To set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. And those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Wow, mm. that's a pretty intense set of set of verses. You got any thoughts yeah. about that? Yeah, well, I think to go from what you first read, Paul talks about, it goes from talking about what Jesus has done for us to then talking about our action in it. Because he says multiple times, and this isn't the only place he talks about this, but I think the phrase like to set the mind is really interesting here because it shows us too like it's not just it's not just like we don't do anything and God just kind of takes us takes over us like we have to cooperate and other places Paul says like submit your bodies to righteousness or train yourselves unto godliness like physical training and so there's something that's so important about the mind you know like what like what does it really mean to set your mind on something you know and he's saying here like to set your mind on the flesh is death but to set your mind on the things of the spirit is life and peace like that's pretty drastic and so it seems pretty important for us to set our minds on the right things and oftentimes we don't really pay that much attention to what we're setting our minds on we just kind of let our minds be open to whatever, you know, and our our thoughts be filled with whatever we think we're naturally thinking about, you know, as opposed to setting our mind on the truth. Yeah. And you can think about the flesh, you know, it's the, it's the, not our body flesh, you know, that you can touch, but the flesh is that fallen dimension of the human person. There's a kind of Christian anthropology that's being given to us by Paul here in different, different ways, different dimensions, a fallen dimension of the human heart at the core of who we are in a decision, is it going to be my, do I really, really want God's will? And is that what I'm seeking? Is that what I'm seeking freely and with love and joy and anticipation? Or is it my will? Is it God's will be done or my will be done? And so Paul is saying, if you're moving in the my will be done, you are setting yourself against the will of God, which is setting yourself against your own good, and it's a death-directed destiny. And that's what everybody was born into, because that's the consequence of the fall. And the, the only thing that can deal with it is becoming a new creation in baptism, the old man being put to the, and being given the spirit. So that's why Paul is talking about the flesh and the spirit here. And Verse 9, it goes on to say, but you are not in the flesh, but you're in the spirit. 
if the Spirit of God really dwells in you. Anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him. Wow. What do you think of those two verses? I mean, I think it's also going back to thinking about why Jesus even says this to Nicodemus when Nicodemus asks him, you know, uh, in John chapter 3. And he says, you must be born anew of the Spirit. And so this thing of saying you actually, we have the Spirit of God in us through our baptism, right? And so to say, yeah, not everybody, God loves everybody, but not everybody belongs to him in the way that he's talking about. So if you have the Spirit, someone does not have the Spirit of God, they do not belong to Christ. It's like what we're talking about in Galatians 4 to say, even if somebody, if somebody goes over to your house a lot and you have great hospitality for them, but they're not in your family bloodline, they're not going to receive the inheritance because they don't belong to your family, right? They yeah. don't belong um, through that bloodline. And so the importance of of baptism and receiving those sacraments to be able to actually have the spirit of God dwell in us. And then for those of us that the spirit of God does dwell in us to actually be aware of what we have access to and that we actually belong to God through our baptism. Yeah, that's very, very good. And so verse 10 and following says, but if Christ is in you, although your bodies are dead because of sin, your spirits are alive because of righteousness. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will give life to your mortal bodies also through his spirit who dwells in you. So this is such a glorious set of verses here. But if, but if Christ is in you, although your bodies are dead, we're all, we're going to die. Mm-hmm. There's, you know, there's a, there's a clock ticking. Our mortal bodies, our biological clock, is going to die. Death is is the result of sin. Paul told to us earlier in Romans. You know, death comes through sin. All men sin, therefore all men die. But if Christ is in you, although your bodies are dead because of sin, your spirits are alive because of righteousness. Mm-hmm. If the spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, and this is the critical thing, does the spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead, the spirit of God, mm-hmm. does the spirit of God, the spirit of the Son dwell in you? That's a real question, right? Mm-hmm. That gives to what you said it, it happens in baptism. Mm-hmm. And the assumption that's so present in the world, everybody's already got it. Right. Yeah. Everybody's already there. Yeah. That's just not true. Yeah. That it not only kills the missionary impulse, right? it's also mm-hmm. deadly to walk in the world and act as if you already everybody's are right. alive. Yeah. 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 Right. And then on the other hand, too, it's like for those of us who are baptized, most of us don't actually function in the reality that the same spirit, another translation is the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you and will also give life to your mortal bodies. That through our baptism, if you're baptized, the spirit of God that actually raised the son of God from the dead currently dwells in you. That doesn't mean that you're properly paying attention to it or tapped into it, but it does mean that it dwells in you. And a lot of times when you just look at Christians or Catholics who are walking on the street or showing up to mass, like I had someone who I was talking about this with and it's like, they're like, that just doesn't seem true though, based on how Christians are in the world, you know, and how Christians are acting. So that can also lie dormant in us, even though we have it. Yeah. And then, you know, he says, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will give life to your mortal bodies also through his spirit who dwells in you. That's really, I hope, uh, brothers and sisters, that that's, that's a deep consolation in your life. It's a reality and it's a promise. So then, brethren, verse 12, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. 
For if you live, this is, a, this is a really important line here, verse 13. If you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. What do you think of that verse? What does that make you think of, Rachel? Yeah, I mean, I think starting with verse 12 there, like we are we are no longer debtors to the flesh, right? And so going back to what we talked about earlier of the beginning of 8 and also in Galatians, of there was a, there's a debt there. There there was a debt to our flesh that our flesh owed. Mm-hmm. And so because of Jesus, we no longer owe that debt, right? Mm-hmm. And so we're not living under that debt. Now, if you live according to the flesh, you will die. Like even though we have the spirit, it's not a guarantee because we can still live according to the flesh. You know, so I think of it's both a consolation to have the spirit, but it's also a warning that we still have to choose to live in the spirit that dwells you have to walk in us. In love. Yeah, you, you have, have to yeah. you have to walk in love. Yeah. And it's shocking to say if, if you live according to the flesh, you will die. It's not like you just like your life will be bad or you won't get what you want or you like you will die, right? And so that promise that comes just before of saying the spirit will raise your mortal bodies and give life to your mortal bodies and saying, but if you walk in the flesh, that won't happen. And your destiny is death, right? And so yeah. Paul is so clear in telling us, this is the consequence. This is what will happen. And it's not going to be a surprise. And then I think him saying, I think it's really important, says, but if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. You, we cannot walk in newness of life. We cannot put to death the flesh. We cannot put to death the deeds of the body, but by the Spirit. Yeah. We cannot do it on our own. Yeah, it's like we can't just will it because our will is fallen. Our will is subject to the broken, death-directed destiny that's in the fallen human heart. And so the Holy Spirit not only makes us a new creation by dwelling in us and making us a child of God, the Holy Spirit is giving us power. So that's the key to be able to get the graces to keep growing in the Word of God and the Eucharist and, and life and fellowship and mission and all the, all the things that help us continue to grow in the Spirit and be docile to the Holy Spirit. And then slowly over time, you'd be amazed. Like I, a lot of people think, well, just kind of white knuckle. I'm going to white knuckle my way through my habit patterns of sin if I just try harder. That's not what Christianity's saying. It's not like Avis, you, the old commercial used to say, try harder. It's not what Christianity's about. It's about surrendering freely again and again and again to the working of the Holy Spirit. Now, here's kind of the best part of the whole reading. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of sonship. When we cry, Abba, Father, it is the Spirit himself Bring witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. That's a mouthful. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of really good stuff there. I think even just 15, for you to not receive the spirit of slavery, to fall back into fear, but you've received a spirit of sonship of this is, this is one of those verses that you can write down on a post-it note, write down on an index card that you can keep in your mind and your heart and like speak over yourself. And this is one thing, like when he says like set your mind on the spirit, like this is something to set your mind on, right? To say, there's so much temptation to fear. There's so much pull in the world to fall into the flesh and to fall back into a spirit of slavery. And what do we talk about in Galatians 4? A slavery to death, right? A, into the dominion of death. 
And Paul is saying, but that is not, essentially he's saying in so many words, that's not who you are. That's not your nature. You have not been given a spirit of slavery, but you have been given a spirit of sonship. And it sounds kind of corny, but to actually write it down and to have this on your lips and when you're reflecting or when you're struggling and you're, are tempted to fall back into that to, to not know your identity and walk in it, to actually repeat, like, I say this over myself, you know, like, you have not been given a spirit of fear, you have been given a spirit of sonship, you have been given, this is your, it's really all you need to know about your identity, right, that you're a son of God, and so to, it's just, it's such an encouraging verse, like, you have not been given the spirit of fear. Yeah, and I think the spirit of fear is related, like Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14, it's the devil's strategy to Mm -hmm. enslave the human race through the fear of death, Mm -hmm. and that fear is deep, deep in the human soul, and so Paul is saying there's a new power and there's a new capacity, the very life of God, and this is important that, but you've received the spirit of sonship, that is child of God, when we cry, Abba, Father, Jesus came to reveal the Father, to give us his spirit, his love for the Father, his awareness of the favor and the eternal love of the father and he's our daddy and says it is the spirit himself bearing witness to our spirit that we're children of god this is why prayer is so important silence and listening rachel mm-hmm. just have a few seconds i want to give the last ones to you here as we make our way here at the end of the yeah. week yeah well i think too you see at the end of this paragraph that the trinitarian work like god the father sends the son the son saves us and he brings us into the family of god and then the spirit gives us a spirit of sonship and i love that that the spirit cries out. We can't even cry out on our own, right? That the Spirit gives testimony. The Spirit confirms that we are sons and daughters of God. And so it's this Trinitarian work in us, and all we have to do is surrender and give ourselves over to it. So well said. Very good. It's a Spirit speaking to our spirit that we're children of God. Let's hear it and receive it and live in it. God bless you. Each program of Fire on the Earth with Peter Herbeck can be downloaded at AveMariaRadio.net and RenewalMinistries.net. Fire on the Earth is a production of Ave Maria Radio. Friends, I'd like to offer you my new booklet, Receiving Fire. Jesus said, I have come to cast fire on the earth, would that it were already ablaze. That fire is the purifying love that burns in the heart of Jesus. A fire of grace for those who receive it, but a fire of judgment for those who refuse it. If you'd like a copy of this free booklet, call 1-800-282-4789 or contact us on the web at renewalministries.net slash FOE. That's renewalministries.net slash FOE.